My spidey sense is tingling. Hey yo, it's a Slamurricane rolling in over the water, waiting in anticipation for the paper keg to begin. He's Slim, he's our host, this is your show, your paper keg podcast, Peppa Keg, episode 214. Welcome to the show, one of the best intros I in recent memory that I've flubbed. The People's Podcast, it's been called. Voted 2013 People's Podcast of Lower Moreland, PA. <laughs> and uh, paperkeg.com tonight. Saga of the Swamp Thing, book four. Papercake.com, three friends talk about comic books. We do a book club, and this evening, the aforementioned Saga of the Swamp Thing, book four, and then afterward, we'll read your letters live on the era. Letters at papercake.com. Now, let's, let's rewind a little bit and talk to the man that really shot for the stars with that intro he's a writer he is a teacher he's teaching a class at nights we gotta wrap this show up real early he's Mm -hmm. got an early day tomorrow probably gonna see the jawbone up app tomorrow jonesy getting five hours of sleep again what is going on over there what are you pulling with those five hour nights i've been getting up at 5 a.m to go to this class but let me just pose a, a thought. Professor? Maybe maybe Professor J, you go to sleep a little earlier. What do you think about that? I, well, considering this is the last day of class tomorrow, I would really need to be in bed about a half hour ago to get that eight hours. Eight hours. But I'm happy to sacrifice sleep for you, my brother in arms, my, my fair weather friend, my Slimothy Dalton, to my 80s era James Bond films right. Slim I'm happy to forego sleep to be here and be with you mm. you know I appreciate that and as voted least favorite least popular podcast host I'm sure there's a scant few that agree I mean I, I, I very few but you mentioned brothers uh, in arms and the other night you know I was thinking of a dear friend of mine the silver fox the remaining living host of paper keg started watching Vietnam and HD the other night oh my gosh <laughs> and uh I'll tell you what didn't like it that much i expected that from your mouth i expected those exact words from your disrespectful let, mouth let me before we get into it reminder book club this episode in mere moments we're moments away from digging into book four of saga of swampy uh vietnam hd dale underscore i welcome to the show that's uh, great to be here another Swell week deep, deep into the uh, the swamps of the summer of Alan Moore. Yeah. I mean, it's hot, it's humid, it's swampy, it's huma, huma Louisiana around here. I mean, the nether I'm, regions uh, are. You know, I, Jonesy's the Wilford Brimley to uh, my Jean Claude and Slim. You're probably some other French Cajun from that movie, <laughs> and uh, that's how we do it. Down here, Cajun Connor. Tell you what, I, th- I felt like I was transferred into the Louisiana swamps for a minute with that accent. I've never felt anything like it. You're probably so just, accurate. Yeah. I mean, it's it's dead on. Are you You're, the new Gambit now that Channing has vacated the role? Alleged, uh, Channing Have they tapped you? Alleged. They haven't the tapped me yet, but I just recently finished filming. You know, my reel, and I punched a snake in the head. I was holding it, and I punched it in the head. Just like the Cajun people do, per 
Question, wouldn't it be an alligator you should be punching in the head if you're going to be in Cajun country? Listen, John Woo, does, John Woo doesn't make mistakes like that when he's filming Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Exactly. He, he specifically chose a snake. That's what I did. Maybe we should have a movie night, you know, at my house. I'm in. Little Jean-Claude Woo. You know, Slim, I did a creepy cruise by of your new home last yeah. night. Oh, Seven Lord. minutes. From, from your my house home, to yours. Door to door. Seven, seven minutes. minutes. Let's just talk That's about sick. how... Sick. That's probably like a 15-minute run. Jack, maybe. Jack and James growing up to be the, even tighter than, than I don't know what's tighter, magnets. Well, uh, you know? uh, hear tell, there was there were some texts about, you know, thank GD that we'll have regular normal people for playdates. Mm-hmm. I heard about that. Hear tell, I heard about that. Wither too. You know, if there were, to wit, if there were only, uh, you know, two younger boys that lived in South Jersey that could play right. with our children. Yeah. But, you know, from what I understand, it's, you know, an unpopular thought to move right. up here to Montgomery before, County. Yeah, before we get back into Vietnam and HD, I do want to point out that uh, we did bring up Dale moving to uh, an area near us, and he did not respond to that, that Twitter chain. He let that one drop like a lead balloon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I he do swipe w- to the left. <laughs> uh, we actually had the, we signed for the house. We were at the house for a few hours the other day and neighborhood kids just came up to us and introduced themselves mm, right that's away. A Montgomery oh. County charm. Gosh, it felt like I was in some kind of a, uh, fun family movie or B a horror film and these children will kill us. I, I'm not going to lie. It was a really nice little neighborhood you picked. Yeah, thank you. And I was actually super pleased because uh, a frequent uh, guest chair on the show at Nimidity would otherwise refuse to meet strangers on her own. So they forced Mm. her to interact, and I was very pleased with that. Well, I mean, we're going to have many beautiful years together being growing even closer, if that's possible. You know. This is going to be us frolicking. You know, me on the grill, <laughs> turning back, pointing at you, trying to gauge what kind of burger you want, and then I flip it at you, and you've got the buns ready, and you, you like, move left, right, left, and then you catch it, and then and we, I, like, point at each other. I do the thing where, like... Jonesy stares at a camera that's not there. I give you a finger pistol while holding a long neck bottle of beer, and it's like... Oh, gosh. I just got stuck thinking about it for a little while there. But we need to we need to get back into your topic, Vietnam and HD. I actually I don't know what it was. So Dale has been talking about Vietnam in HD for several months, and I, I was six months. I want to say half a year. Sure, I've, I stopped maybe four months ago. But yeah, you're on the right track. And I was actually really excited because I'm fascinated to learn more about Vietnam, especially in HD, and I want to see the footage. But it's actually very. Unless I watch a different one, it's very different than what you would think about a Vietnam documentary. They talk to, they show f- home video footage, previously unreleased, I would assume, and they interview these people that were in Vietnam. But not only that, they talk to these older men, and then they drift back into home videos, and then they have actors, younger actors, continue the voiceovers in that era. Like Dean Cain is a guy. I wasn't expecting any of that. I must have had a different mindset about what to envision for this documentary. Yeah, they. I mean, they were th- the words of the person, but they, for some reason, they took that uh, actor approach, I guess, to bring you back in time. So you're not looking at, you're not looking and hearing the old person, the older person, but you're going back to the late '60s, early '70s, and with that, you hear the younger voices, like my girl Jennifer Love Hewitt. Right, you it's know. a it's a real eclectic cast of characters that do the voices. It's really interesting. But what I mean, aside from the production of it, that it t- t- has taken you aback. Did you pick up anything from the the conflict itself? Any sort? But you were so to be honest, it was like, peed off it, at Dean Cain <laughs> thinking about Ripley's Believe It or Not that you couldn't even get past it to. It was like ten thirty, and I was laying down behind my wife. So I was, I had my okay. glasses on, and I was falling asleep. So we cut it after about fifteen minutes, and we went to bed. 
Yeah, it's too real. Yeah, too too much. I mean, I, I don't understand why we can't enjoy old men talking about Vietnam. Well, you know, there's some ageism happening in this Vietnam documentary. I think. If you I think ask you're always me. just you're always always looking for controversy. That's what I. I, I you know I like. left that in the past. I left that in the the the, the PK aughts to one hundred twenties. I left that behind. Dale, I'm going to help you out right now. Let me mic something up for you. Oh, and just gosh. calm your nerves. Get that YouTube clip up. Let me, let me just let me mic it. Let me mic it up. Pause for editing. <laughs> mic it up. There you go. Just relax. Just let it wash over you. Stop my, being so. My so. favorite Vietnam era song. <laughs> I think Robin Williams cued this up. How is there not a higher quality version of this song produced that we could listen um, to? Is that really a question you need to pose? Over the water, waiting in anticipation for the action to begin. Good luck syncing that up. You're welcome. <laughs> it does soothe the savage beast. It really does. You okay? Can I mic it down now? Are you back on track? So what did you? So you? I saw on Twitter.com that you guys were together at a zoo. This weekend, what was happening? Dad's Gone Wild weekend, you mean? Remi- just for a quick reminder, Swamp Thing, book four, moments away. We're going to get into it. Stick around. Uh, what happened this past weekend? Uh, so I turned 33 two weeks ago, and my darling, loving wife uh, booked me a ticket to the Philadelphia Ale Festival at, at your Philadelphia Zoo. And uh, she texted, uh, dear friend. Dale underscore and say, you know, he's going to be a mess. You know, he'd so need someone to look after him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Dale, first choice, we, we booked a room with a Latham, him, he and I. And um, we just met Saturday afternoon at the hotel, checked in, took a cab down to Philadelphia Zoo. We just had four of the funnest hours trying. Uh, some of the craftiest craft beers around Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And uh, had a nightcap at a great place called Jose Pistolas. We were drinking margaritas. Mm. Amazing God. accent inflection. And it was so real. Yeah. I mean, am, am I right? And we had a, we followed up with an awesome breakfast at Little Pete's Diner. Mm. I didn't by see Historic any... Rittenhouse Square. I was a little disappointed. I didn't see any photos of the <laughs> two uh, of you our, out. Our photo game was not strong. This weekend, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, we had a great time, but photos was. Uh, it was kind of. It was very crazy at the zoo, you know. But uh, it was a great experience there. They had like employees out with animals. It was like a regular zoo day. They were out educating, spreading the word on their beautiful exhibits. The big cat exhibit is. Uh, I mean, it's it's beautiful there, mm-hmm. and uh, no photos, but. We went to Jose Pistola's, had some of the uh, tastiest margaritas, and by night's end, I mean, we were loaded. We were feeling good about our lives, about ourselves, you know. We were, we were like Brian Flanagan and uh, we were the last Tom Coughlin. Ben bartender poets. We were the last barman poets. <laughs> oh, boy. Maybe we can get some of the, some of the deeper details in the fireside of this episode. But we have we have one goal is to get into Saga the Swamp Thing book four mm-hmm. by just a cast of artists. Jonesy, can you bring us back? Who is Swamp Thing and, and what is this book about? Can someone cue up uh Al Green's Let's Stay Together and just play it in the background and then hand me a cigarette so I can talk about Swamp Thing book four? I like how you asked someone to cue it up when <laughs> two minutes ago you queued up something for yourself. I can't, you know, I don't want to pause for another edit. So I'll just uh, I'll just go right into it. If Swamp Thing Book 2 defined Swamp Thing's relationship and Swamp Thing Book 3 defined uh, exactly what Swamp Thing could do, then... <laughs> Then Swamp Thing Book 4 defines the myriad of different kinds of Swamp Thing stories you can tell. I mean, the first story 
is an amazing one-off of what if a, a hippie drug peddler finds a Swamp Thing love fruit in the swamp and how that affects people that Swamp Thing hasn't intended the fruit to affect. One one uh, eight-page vignette is a, a husband taking it to a dying wife and she has like this euphoric experience with the fruit where she almost like uh, Abby Holland transcends nature and understands the the green and she has a last loving moment with her husband a junkie gets a hold of the fruit and basically goes on the last worst bender uh he will ever experience and then the 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 drug peddler decides that he doesn't want to chance what kind of person he is it decides not to take the fruit they want an amazing like Twilight Zone esque story told in the pages of Swamp Thing, incredible. Uh, and then we have one more one off, and then the Swamp Thing gets embroiled in the Crisis on Infinite Earths. So here we have examples of, yeah, you can tell these amazing stories that have nothing to do with superheroes, and some of the best comics you've ever read. Switch gears totally. And Swamp Thing is embroiled in the very center of saving heaven against the incursion of the uh, parallel Earths uh, in this crisis and also kind of makes, you know, what do you want to call it, Satan or the great evil, respect him and tell these great strange tales with one of the most complex characters you'll probably get in comic books and it's book four of a six book volume. So where other books would be like losing steam at this point and we would be here saying, you know, it's good, but it's not book two or book three. I mean, book four just continues to, you know, teach people about how the medium should be used to tell stories. Incredible swamp thing. Book four. You guys are probably going to trash it now. Like it's such high praise, but there you have it. Well, if it wasn't for the Dean Cain voiceovers, I mean, the book would be. I have never heard you so bitter about someone not liking something. I'm not. I was just bringing it up. I'm not. Uh, I mean, my Back gosh, Jones, you have a way of twisting things. Don't don't strike out at me because you're upset. <laughs> no projecting, Dale. Underscore. All right, I'll see you guys later. I'm done. I'm completely <laughs> tapped out. So what do you guys think? The the first the the the, the druggy issue and uh, Swamp Thing's bountiful harvest of organic sex yams <laughs> was uh, was like was probably my least favorite. I mean, it was it was cool, but there's not really any time that we need to spend on it. I don't oh, think. Oh my word. Um, what? I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull a, a reverse. I'm gonna pull a Dean Kane right now, and and I'll, I'll p- p- put out a counterpoint to okay. that, if I may. The there is. I think the the main gist of that issue for me, at least anyway, was you follow along with this hippie who actually will come back in the book. Oh. Um, and he discovers one of these sex yams. And brings it home, and he's kind of like a hippie dealer. Like, he'll get you the stuff you need. So he kind of, he brings the yam home, and he interacts with uh, a group of people. Like, kind of this scumbag dude who is looking for some some drugs and won't pay him. And then you see a guy who needs something to help his wife who's dying of, I believe, cancer. And she could be gone in a day. And he wants to make her passing as comfortable as possible. And the yam has a different effect on both of these parties. And it essentially brings out kind of, it it amplifies who you are in the inside. So the woman who was dying has this spellbinding, glorious, uh, you know, light show experience with her husband who kisses her and gets some of it. So her final moments are glorious. 
and the creepo just sees himself as a monster. He sees other people's monsters and he croaks. And for me, the best part of that issue was the hippie knows this is the effect that had, that it has when you have this yam that -hmm. your inner person is amplified and he debates on what to do with it. And he's scared and he Mm -hmm. doesn't do it because he's afraid of who he really is. He seems like a nice guy, but, for all, for his entire life at this point, he just is is un, he's afraid to bite into this and uh, and just find out who he is, which I thought Amazing. was really powerful. Wait, I mean the return of the sex jam, it used in the best possible way it could have been. I mean, what could have been a one off alamorism to explain how Swampy and Abby were to get down, he changes it and makes it something much more in depth. Dale, how could you dislike this issue? I didn't say I disliked it. I just said it was my least favorite of the... I mean, and and when you look at it, too, if you're next to... if Let's say you steal one of Swampy's sex yams, and you find out that's what happens. You know, do you bite into it and experience it? Or are you you, you just, Um, you know, living in fear? Both hands and just going to town on it. (laughs) It's... I wonder if they... I mean, it's very... It reminded me, which is because it's like wrapped up in pop culture, but it reminded me, like, I wonder if the um, the creator, the writer of True Blood had any, like, uh, inspiration from this. Because it's it reminded me of when people try vampire blood and they start to go nuts mm. I've actually in never different seen ways. Um, I, I haven't. I either. mean, it was it was it was a good issue. I just it wasn't my right. favorite of the of the book. That's all. That's fine. I won't put your back against the wall like Jonesy Loves Beer would. What about uh what about Boogie Boogie Men, the next uh, single issue in the in the arc? I mean what Alan Moore does with single issues to build towards something greater. Even the even the sex yam issue, but like they're single but they're they're more than just single than any other single issue of a comic I could have ever read. Like, any of Alan Moore's single issues are just... They're so much part of the bigger story, and yet they're not at the same time. He just has a way of doing it. But the Boogeyman issue was, like, was one of the last... Uh, I think the next to the last of the horror run, as um, the, in, the the guy who wrote the foreword put it. But it's all from the point of view of this killer who calls himself the boogeyman and he picked up the mantle as the boogeyman after he um, killed the previous boogeyman, which was just a janitor at his school when he was young. And the janitor like used to pull his hair on his temples and irritate him. So this guy says he, you know, ground up a test tube full of and into glass powder and like poured it into the janitor's like, canteen of coffee or something and that was his first ever kill and this and what's so creepy is the boogie this boogeyman remembers every set of eyes of his victims that's how he remembers the victim's identity so he he puts all of his victims to numbers like he's like just name a number 132 and he'll remember this set of eyes and the, the eyes were so descriptive and they were they were illustrated so well like there, there was a pair of eyes that was uh butterscotch and it was such a like a random color you don't think to label eyes but even on the page they were butterscotch colored eyes it was amazing and he kills this victim he leads this victim out into the swamp and he kills number 165 and Swamp Thing obviously stumbles upon this killer doing his thing, but he's so proud of his boogeyman status, and he's so like thinks he's doing the job so well that whoever is like in charge of the boogeyman as a job, like whoever HR department is in job of the, is in charge, like he thinks assumes HR is so proud of him, and then Swamp Thing comes to like exact to stop him from doing that. And he wonders like if this 
thing is trying to take the boogeyman job away from him. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm doing everything right. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like he's so crazy in his head. Yeah. Oh man. And and props to uh, Bissette, who I think drew this issue. And everything from about the boogeyman, the serial killer, was like you know drawn in the first person perspective. You could you saw what he saw in all of his scenes, and it was really creepy. So he when he interacted with Swamp Thing. You know, he's walking through these swamps. He sees kind of a shadowy figure, and he's, like, wondering what the heck that was. And then Swamp Thing uses his powers to, like, you know, go back into the green. So it looks like it could have just been some shrubbery in the form mm-hmm. of a man. And then when he finally does interact with Swamp Thing, it's really scary. Oh, my God. And it's so amazing because he uh, he's figures like, he's like, okay, somebody's coming after me. This is victim. He says, here comes 166, which is Swamp Thing. He must be behind me somewhere. Okay, okay, I'll just wait up here. I never had a Cajun before. I wonder what color their eyes are. Are they brown or blue? Or And then they just there's a panel of Swamp Thing's red and yellow eyes. It's the coolest panel because it's like, whoa, you've never seen these. It's like you've never seen these eyes before. These eyes are about to bring swift justice. Yeah. And they're eyes that he would have never expected to see, obviously. And I think this... this um is a big point for the overall theme of this book. And I think overall for the book is Swamp Thing's struggle with evil and the evil in men and women throughout this book. He encounters it and he kind of just like doesn't get it. He doesn't understand why it exists and what mm-hmm. its place in the world is. And he, and as we get further along in this, in this book, he really agonizes over it. He agonizes over encountering so much awfulness in the world, and he doesn't understand its place. And I, I, that's such a, it's such a huge piece of this book, and it's really, really well done. I'll tell you, and it's probably the groundwork laid in these three horror standalone issues that gives him the ability to basically save the spiritual realm in the final issue of this volume, I would think. Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's just one of the ways he lays groundwork. It's just a single horror issue, but it builds into Alex, like, like psychosis and his thought process. He's like, all he's seen is not just bad people, but horrific yeah. people on both sides of the horror, like the victims and the, the ones who are just sick to the core. And it's like starting to wear on him. And this is the issue that he really starts making light of it. And I think probably one of my favorite pages in the entire series is was at the beginning of this issue where he manifests himself in Abby's toilet. And there's this amazing splash page where he's just like sitting kind of like with his hand over his knees like, hello, <laughs> when he fully forms himself. It's just one of the funniest pe- pages in the whole book. And back to their love, the love story, this one really showed kind of how different they still are. He tried to surprise her in her own home for the first time ever, like kind of outside of the swamp. And it doesn't really go over well. Like he just shows up in her toilet and she's like, she's like, uh, can you walk on the paper? She keeps lying down the newspaper everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he eventually, she's like, I think I'll, I'd better go. And then it was, it was like kind of their like one of the first few instances where, you know, you see, they're in love, obviously, but you know, they're, he's a swamp creature and she's a, a human woman. And and it's it yeah, it's just he. I mean, it was paced perfectly, but you feel just as awkward as he feels. She's like. Well, you know, it would just be different if if I knew you were coming. You just kind of popped in here, and I didn't have time to close the windows. What if somebody sees? It was just, like, completely awkward, like, if you were watching The Office or something equally as... Just, like, it puts you on this edge, like, oh, like, maybe not everything is, like, puppy dogs and ice cream between these two, because they're obviously, they're still from two different worlds, even though they're still, like, in the honeymoon phase, I guess. What about the, uh the ghost house issue. I think that was the next one with the kind of the wild west background. I, I really like this issue for actually not even really swamp thing, but for the supporting characters, there's one of the primary movers in this relationship is, you know, there's this guy and girl who are kind of been going together for a long time 
and they're going to, you know, go for an adventure with their friends. And so they go to this pretty famous uh, ghost house, which is based on the, uh, I believe, the Winchester house, where the Winchester widow mm-hmm. was ordered by the spirits of the fallen to continue building her house. So, Which, FYI, had a Ghost Adventures episode. They went oh, to really? the Winchester Did, house. Yeah. Was it a good episode? Uh, I can't, I, it was very, he hammed it up really hardcore in the beginning, and I can't remember if this was the episode where, uh, my wife would be able to correct me, but the first time he ever stopped a lockdown for some reason. He's never stopped it until this one time. This could be a different episode, but we watched Does that it mean time. it got too intense? Like it got too real? Yeah, he, he he's like, I don't know what's going on, but we need to stop. And the episode Whoa. stopped, and he said <laughs> that afterward in the post-edit, he said that we stopped at 3 a.m., and you know, the next morning I found out that my grandmother died at, you know, 3 a.m. that night. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> Off I went uh, from a Winchester wow. rifle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, this group uh, goes through this ghost house, and you find out that the, uh, the main uh, female character has been having a, a long toward affair with the guy's best friend. And um, he goes to have a romantic interlude with her. And uh, she gets pretty freaky on him and things start to head south. <laughs> and uh, you realize it's a ghost, a phantom ghost that basically disembowels him, uh, you know, from the waist. Uh, finally, another party, a member of the party dies and Swamp Thing comes in to interfere. Uh, I guess the... The wood elementals, the earth elementals have the ability to, I don't know if harm ghosts, but they can't be harmed by ghosts. And Swampy figures out that, you know, the the widow was ordered to build, or the, the house needed the constant sound of hammers. So Swamp Thing just uses his incredible strength to, like, demolish this main room to where it sounded like gunshots. And that was enough time that bought them enough time for the, the humans to get out. And like in the best, I don't know if we would call it the best, but the most Alan Moore scene, mm. the guy's like, oh my God, we're safe. Like, I love you. Even though people have died, like, oh my God, we, we made it out together. And she's like, what are you talking about? I've been sleeping with your best friend for two years. We need to go back in and get him. I'm in love with him. And the guy's like, uh what and she's like yeah seriously we're going back in and the issue kind of ends you're like alan moore you you rogue yeah but at the end he's seen buying a winchester rifle oh yeah 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 yeah. i forgot the stinger on the end because she's like come on we got to go find the cops or something he's like yes dear and then you know just which is Amazing because the all the ghosts that haunt this house are all victims of the Winchester rifle or whatever the rifle's name is in this book, the Cambridge rifle, I think. Mm-hmm. So he's seen at a gun store buying a Cambridge rifle. Oh, and he just probably like, in order to kill the girlfriend and make sure yeah, they're together oh, forever. God. So it was so good, and and the uh, the pacing of that book and the way the panels worked is like. The thing is, the ghost can never stop hearing the hammering of the house being built to hold all the ghosts. So he's like, never, you know, never stop the sound of the hammer. But they always, instead of like hammers in the panel, they always show the hammer of the gun like being cocked back. Right. Oh God, it, it was so good. Like the interplay of the pa- the the uh, transitional panel, I guess, in the page. I don't know what the panel's called. I'm making that up, but it was it was amazing. And, you know, that, so like you guys just said, it's based on the Sarah Winchester house. If you guys need to uh, Google that, it's a pretty amazing story. She thought she was haunted. This is my, another Centralia spiel that I went on, but not as deep. Uh, she was the heiress to the Winchester fortune. Her father-in-law, because she married into the Winchester family, her father-in-law passes away, her husband passes away, and her little baby, all within the span of like two years, so she moves to California, starts building this house that never stops getting built because she thinks she's the ghosts need her to keep building. So there's just this huge house with stairs that go nowhere because she just rooms keeps... Rooms that have no doors, right? Yeah. 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 Rooms that have no doors, room, like stairwells to doors that have no rooms. And she, I think I read, she spent the equivalent of like $1,000 a day at that time to keep construction wow. up on this house, which is like, which was like twenty three grand in two thousand thirteen dollars or something. 
I wonder. A day. People 30 say that years. it's like physically jarring to be inside. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. And probably creepy as all get out. The uh, next issue was the crisis tie-in. You know, there was the event of the time frame with the anti-monitor and Lex Luthor from another Earth parallel universe. It's funny reading this and just, you know, 30 years later, we're going through like the same thing again. It's really weird. Yeah. And what else did did we read of this time that had... We read a book that just like featured a tie-in that had a red sky. Do you uh, remember? Yeah, it was Gotham Central. Was that it? Was that the only one? Um, that's yeah. the only one I remember. Okay. But this one uh, showed Constantine kind of come back into the story, and he's been teasing Swamp Thing along with he needs him to do these missions, and he'll give him answers. So they 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 come to... Constantine brings Swamp Thing to like this semblance of all the heroes... Like, Batman is there, and all these, you know, the C-lister DC characters are there. And I, I like this issue because it it was a part of, you know, obviously Alan Moore probably had to deal with this crisis. He was probably forced to write a Swamp Thing issue involving the event of the time. But it was really enjoyable because Swamp Thing was really just kind of blown away by it all and almost indifferent to being surrounded by all these heroes. And he didn't get like, why are we all standing around? I need, I need to be back in Louisiana. I need to be speaking with Abby about the end of the world. Like, what am I even doing here? I'm not getting any answers. This is just a giant waste of my time. It was, it was a very different issue. The, and again, more groundwork here in that because Swamp Thing does not understand the cosmic nature of evil that he is not able to give evil form when the time when he is called upon to face it so to kind of uh get you know get the baton from your faltering hand there slim uh Constantine leads him to uh, this place in the Amazon rainforest where he sees the parliament of trees and their previous incarnations of Swamp Thing or different Swamp Things or Elementals, whatever you want to call them, who all have a similar backstory. Um, Man is in the wilderness communing with nature in different ways, whether it's science or not. Uh, Jilted love, death by fire, and that circumstance is able to catalyze their minds into the uh, surroundings and turn them into these earth elementals and they basically invite swamp thing to hey are you here to retire because this is where it happens you become a permanent tree and you become one with the green here in this grove and instead they kind of uh give swamp thing pointers like you have only scratched the surface of your powers you think they're limitless now you have no idea you can and they, he said some, or the one of them said cool things like, I mean, you're only animating one body right now. And he's like, just one? What does that mean? And he's like, and you haven't thought yet that because of your pheromone control, you can control insects and animals and things like that. And you're like, wow, how deep does the power of the Swamp Thing go? And then almost immediately the volume shifts gears and Swamp Thing uses none of that. He uses his ability to go into the what do they call like the the foyer of the afterlife like the lobby they refer to it as and he meets up again with dead man and phantom stranger and the specter and whilst um this crisis on infinite earth is going on like the spiritual nature of the dcu are taking advantage of it and they're using the distraction to summon uh was it was it called like the first evil or the first darkness, the, the original the, darkness? The, yeah, the uh, or the, the something shadow, the original shadow or something along those lines. Yeah. And yeah, even the crisis issue, which I forgot, I was just paging through, it was a lot of setup for the upcoming yeah. final battle, so to speak, that Constantine was prepping him for about this ancient kind of witch tribe that has been trying to summon the original evil the primordial Mm -hmm. shadow i think maybe was the phrase and they're just 
even to get into this tribe, you have to stand under this waterfall of pounding water for 40 days and 40 nights, and you have to kill your best friend to show that you're loyal, and you have to dig up you know, the bodies of recent corpses and flay their bodies and wear their skin. And there was yeah, also, like recent Christians or Catholics. Yeah. Or and I think this issue and the issues coming after the tree issue really showed like the human side of Constantine because up until this point, he was kind of an a-hole and you, you just thought he was leading a long swamp thing. But in the upcoming issues and starting with this one, he like starts to tell a story about how this tribe is what they do to infants and he like choked up and he like couldn't even continue talking about it and it was like the first time you really got to see that Constantine was a dude and later you just see the lengths he'll go no matter what to protect the planet and everyone he cares about yeah the the crisis tie-in issue was actually kind of cool because I wonder if Alan Moore was just like this kind of works out perfectly for me because I needed a setup issue anyway. Like it really folds in well. So and the the, cli- the brujeria, Sorry. as you get the male witches. Oh, amazing inflection okay, there. My, Can I hear my, it again? It's my the brujeria. <laughs> that's all I got. So in the climax of the volume, uh, the primordial shadow is summoned. They are successful. Uh, the specter who fancies himself the biggest bad A on the spiritual plane, <laughs> uh, goes toe-to-toe with it and is uh, B-slapped. And then uh, I think the Phantom Stranger tries next, and he's kind of, like, bounced out. Because the Shadow basically just asked, uh, you know, what is the... Like, I don't know human concepts, but you keep calling me evil. What is evil? And Spectre's like, evil is something to take vengeance on. And the Spectre's like, evil is the... Yeah, you know, whatever his spiel is. And then Swamp Thing's like, well, the only person left is me, so I might as well walk in there. And the the evil is, you know, he's like, what am I? And Swamp Thing's like, to be honest, I have no idea. I've seen horror. I've seen good. I know that some things are very good and a little evil, and I know things are very evil and a little good, and I don't know what that means. And, you know, I myself am personally struggling with that concept. And the shadow's like, hmm, all right, get out of here. Like, no harm to you. And there's this scene where this giant uh, shadow hand goes to reach this giant golden hand. And then everybody's okay. Just like a jump cut to the aftermath where everybody's kind of licking their wounds. Yeah, I I remember um, like that issue or the last two issues are huge, like, Etrigan shows up again and mm. they're walking through hell to get to this, you know, this ultimate evil that's so huge. You can't even fathom how large it is. They, they say that several times. Like it's so large. You can't even understand it. And I, it, his real quick, his like the, the darkness's quote is before light. I was endless without name or need of a name. And then light came like that's that establishes he didn't even need a name. Yeah, and this, I, this I, entity. I think in other in other works, like where this evil was, it's not even really evil. Like this darkness, it was what was before. Let there be light. Like this was what that was. Yeah, and Etrigan was like gathering his hell forces, and you know, Swamp Thing is curious, like why, why are people in hell helping us out? Wouldn't they want this? And you know, I think even Etrigan says, that, you know, everything has a status quo whether they want to keep it that way or not. And it was really interesting to see him like put his battle armor on and go to war with this thing against these mm-hmm. forces that are on the side of the darkness. And then everyone pretty much fails, and Swamp Thing kind of just is the only one that willingly goes into the darkness to confront it. And after he hears Swamp Thing's speech, he, you know, he, I think, he, I can't remember what he says at the end, but he's like, okay, I have some thinking to do. And then presumably God's hand comes from heaven and rejoins. And and I actually, I didn't get the meaning. I think it's open to interpretation, but I think the gist was of Swamp Thing's speech was, you know, good and evil are required to work hand in hand and, you know, simultaneously. And 
the, the status quo changed after this when yeah, they joined forces. Well, not joined he, forces, but combined. He retells the story that he got from the parliament, which is, you know, the the plant uh, feeds the bug, the ladybug. The ladybug dies and feeds the soil. The soil feeds the plant who is evil in that cycle right. when it replenishes itself. So, you know, I, I don't know if it was the Phantom Stranger who says at the end, he's like, the nature of good and evil has changed. There is no more absolute good and absolute evil. Whatever you just did set us on a different path. And the Parliament of the Trees, you know, he when they meet Swamp Thing, he gets like really irritated because he looks for answers and they just speak in riddles pretty much. And they say for him to avoid anger and power. And that's that that's their teachings to him, which we'll find out kind of a little bit more about that meaning. And I'm kind of downplaying it, but in book five um, and what that really means for Swamp Thing. But it was there's a whole other aspect of this book, which we haven't even touched on, which was Constantine's role in assembling this team of, you know, people that knew magic and sorcery to aid them in their battle in hell. And how Constantine roped into this guy who had this helmet that could open this gateway for them to see the battle. And uh, Zatanna and Zatara, I think, mm-hmm. were in this. And mm-hmm. which Dr. was... Fate. Yeah, Dr. Fate. And they had to... I mean, the, the scene that he, the team crafted, not just Alan Moore, but of them holding hands, creating this closed circle for their powers to help them in hell and how stressful it was, and how dangerous it was, and what the lengths Constantine would go to, to like to put other people's lives in danger to protect everybody, was just mm. eye-opening. Yeah, it was so cool, because you know, they decided to like dig up all of these old, old DC characters. Like I think Dr. Occult, or uh, the Winter Guy, was like one of the first DC characters from the 30s. And they dug, they like basically dug these characters up from the past, because they're all kind of like on the occultish magic side of things. And they all stuck them in a room together. You just feel the the magic and the power that they they are harnessing. And like two of them fry, they burst into flames because the power is so great. It's pretty amazing. The the I think Doctor Occult is one of them, and then Zatara. Zatanna's dad is the other one. It's it's like, and he's kind of still around, I think. And I, I've seen him since. Yeah, probably some. He probably pulled some kind of magic trick. Yeah. But even then, like Z- Z- Zatanna was the one in next in line. Like the power was too strong, and she started like she's like, uh, <laughs> I feel kind of hot in my chest. And then her dad, you know, sacrifices himself in this really awesome moment. And then. What was fascinating to me was Zatanna and Constantine had a history when he formed this team. And, you know, as this process is going on, you know, their relationship changes because now he's responsible for her her dad's death. And it was really intense. Yeah, and just the, the, the way... Constantine had to manipulate some of some of them just to get them together because he knew if they were if they were even one man short this would never go through, and the worst was when he basically lied to I I remember his name is Steve but it's like Mento or the guy who could see what was happening he's like no harm will come to you and he's the one that he basically like gets lobotomized by the end of the issue like he's he has like smoke coming out of his ears with this mask on and his head is just to the side and his mouth is agape with his tongue out like a dead deer like he is complete toast his brain is mush after whatever just went on (laughs) and it was crazy because Constantine he's like no you'll be okay (laughs) it's like this is what he had to do what a book yeah yeah it really was I actually couldn't remember I was actually talking to Amanda before I started reading. I was like, do you remember what happened in book four? And neither one of us remembered. And so I had like a bad feeling about book four and I couldn't remember if it was like the down volume or, or what. Um, but man, there's just a lot of intense moments in this book. And I mean, it does build up to like the final battle and the final battle is huge, but it's not even really the final battle because in, in another, in another issue, in one of these stories, 
you see that some creepo photographer has taken photos oh. of Abby and Swamp Thing, you know, ma- getting getting nasty, making out, mm-hmm. and he takes these photos to a newspaper and they print them. So she's fired from her job. She's now arrested. And Swamp Thing is at this moment unaware of these events because he's been, you know, fighting the great evil. So what's going to happen when Swamp Thing gets back home and finds out about this? His love. Yeah. And their love is responsible for her being arrested and and shamed. And they, I mean, he laid just enough of that down in this volume. (laughs) It's just like, oh man, it's right before. It's like during the same issue as one of the buildup issues to this craziness. And you just know something's going to come from that. I can't. I wanted to go. I want him to go swamp wild. I mean, just 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 break open prisons. Yeah, and scare the f out of people, and just rescue Abby, and be like, "What are you going to do? I am the Earth." I'm just saying, don't wait to read it. Just read it tonight (laughs) if you if you can. That's all I'm saying. I mean, definitely. uh, Yeah, I mean, it's just continues. This continues to be, I don't know, one of I the mean, greatest runs I've ever read. I mean, can it might we, be can we think one. of another run that has, well, you know, Planetary's obviously up there, but I mean, I don't think Planetary really emotionally grabbed me like this book has. And on like a just such a mm-hmm. high level of writing for now four volumes, there's not a lot out there that can say, that can do the same thing. Fury Max. <laughs> yeah, God, I forgot. That's top five, top five. Mm, without a doubt yeah this might be top two top three top two maybe Whoa. i don't know it's tough i, I still I, I can easily throw the top phrase around but i'm, I'm more with like amanda mm-hmm. you know five star good read oh yeah this is absolutely you know in the top it's just unprecedented what this is it's just two. crazy like he was on a book for this long it was his first crack at one of the major American publishers. It, it's just, everything's going right for it. I mean, it's winning Jack Kirby Awards. He probably just started that beautiful beard, shaggy hair combo that he's known for. <laughs> I love the subtitle of the issues where it says, Sophisticated Suspense. I feel yeah. like that's the ultimate tagline for this series, too. It fits so perfectly. And it just, I mean, and this is the volume I wanted to, like, give it credit for. He's... He's using the tools available to him in in such a ways where he he makes Doctor Occult pretty fascinating for two or three issues. Like he keeps it in the DCU. Like Swamp Thing certainly stands alone as a title by itself, but you know he integrates it into the bigger picture in ways that fit the character mm-hmm. well. Amazing. Book five, one week Amazing. away. There you have it. Book four. Swamp thing. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's Mark gonna Farrington's read them read them to, to you. The letters from the last time coming to you from Bloomfield, New Jersey. Spoilers. First letters, up, letters at papercake.com if you want to shoot us a letter. This comes to us from new friend of the show, but fast friend of the show. He goes by the name Dallas, and he writes, uh, Hey there, gentlemen. Sent an email a while back asking about the comics podcast of Legend. Slim was kind enough to reply with a link to the episodes and just wanted to express my gratitude. I downloaded those bad boys, tossed them over to my beat-up iPod classic, I have been enjoying them. Also, wanted to list some books that your podcast has gotten me to read and really enjoy. Return of ba- Barry Allen. That's probably a troll. Uh, Batwoman Elegy. That's good. Uh, that I'm only great, teasing. Great only book. teasing, guys. Only teasing. Just re- just rein it in. 52. Born. You weren't teasing. Saga of the Swamp Thing. With Fury Max and Gotham Central on their way from Amazon, oh, uh, you won't be disappointed in those volumes, oh. uh, Dallas. <laughs> he writes, <laughs> thank you all so much for the entertainment and guidance to the world of comics. Uh, postscript, I've picked up on Jonesy's negative opinion of Grant Morrison, so thought I'd throw out... <laughs> He's picked up on it? Hmm. <laughs> ...a reading suggestion. Uh, JLA Rock of Ages. 
Hope the story can help Jonesy, quote, go the distance and, quote, ease his pain a bit with Morrison. Or maybe you guys will hate it. Either way, I'm a PK fan for life. Dallas, just to clear up, I, I do not hate the person Grant Morrison or anything he's chosen to do with his life. Just his trippy meta for no reason other than just to be meta wonky stuff just is not my cup of tea. Dallas really got Jonesy's back up against the wall. But it is. Yeah. It is uh, and not, like Dale, I could just of... walk out of the room. Oh, guys, I'm just done. Let me put my headphones down. This is ridiculous. I'm out of here. I'm done. It's not Jonesy's cup of tea, but tell you what, that won't stop him from reading a book and talking about it on the show forcefully. <laughs> <laughs> True. He's right, guys. <laughs> Next up is uh, from our friend of the show and yours and... Official sh- official show intern Matt HH subject swamped man I feel for you guys having to choke down books by the trade in time to do the show every week I went and bought all six swamp thing trades from my LCS James Symes's Isotope Lounge at Comics at the Comicsology store last week but it's taking me a while to get through as Alan is a little wordy he is this is. This is pretty, this is a sidebar from the letter, but yeah, I mean, he spares no expense on the word count in these books. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are, and we are just choking them down. Oh, on Paper Keg 212, you noted that the cute little aliens featured in the interlude issue of uh, the Swamp Thing Pog reminded you of Bone. That isn't surprising since Bone was heavily influenced by the book Alan Moore was actually homaging Walter Kelly's Pogo. The characters were all based on Pogos, e.g. Pogo the Possum and Albert the Alligator. Can't wait to finish rereading Swampy and then moving on to Fables 150, Old Man Logan 3, and Weird, Weird World 2. Are you reading this book? Peace out, y'all. From Matt HH, P.S. Slim, does your new house have a pool? Ooh, Slim. Matt HH trying uh, to take some it. of the heat off of my back with that uh, postscript there. I appreciate that, Matt H. The answer is no. Do not have a pool. Mm-hmm. On purpose. He, he Sorry, purposely yeah. bought the house without the pool. I will also say, that while Matt HH is the official show intern, he was late to the uh, Pogo game as Ace, yeah. I think, <laughs> filed in with that report last episode in the letters segment. Matt HH must have been uh, digital comic book shopping during that segment. Ooh. Ace guys, and Cheddar, as they call him. Do you guys feel that? It's well, a hot one. Oh, oh one man. true hot one! What coming down through the wire? It bur- it's burning my fingertips as I'm queuing it up on my iPhone six. Uh, it says, "Evening, peeps." I wanted to tell you about this really fun book I finished reading the other day called "Rocket Raccoon" by one Scotty Too Hotty Young. <laughs> That's it. That's his I name. Lo- I loved every page. The stories were great, and the art was fantastic. Definite add to the Google Doc. Reading all of the Secret Wars tie-ins is both amazing and exhaustive. Master of Kung Fu and Infinity Gauntlet are my faves so far. Until next time, peeps. At how does Barry keep getting punched on the Flash Fro? Uh, super outside baseball on the TV show The Flash from the CW. The fastest man alive can just run right into a punch thrown at, <laughs> at mediocre speed any day of the week. Uh, we need a separate wiki page just for all of Dragon Fro's real Twitter names. I mean, they're all real. If you were to search each and every one of them. I mean, there's no character limit. Dragon Fro is hacked. Uh, mm-hmm. If you can do that, that aspect of Twitter, you just hacked it. Jones, you don't even know what you're talking about. Stop. I mean, duh. <laughs> Haven't we established that so far? They'll have you teaching that class by the end of the week. <laughs> no? Teaching the Twitter hack class. Learn the NDA polo. <laughs> what a show. Never going to share any details about my work life <laughs> with you ever again. Guys, I'm just done. I'm going to take my head. I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to go. Oh, uh, boy. We are just over your left shoulder there. There's a little. You probably want to get that plaque. Get that plaque out of there. Is that a work oh, plaque? Oh, oh my word. Hello. Zoom. Hello. Enhance. Oh, hello. Enhance. Boop, boop, Enhance. Boop. And hence, we're we're one week away from book five. We're several weeks away from SummerSlam, WWE. You know, maybe we'll order some Chick fil A party platters, get some cheesy Uh balls. (laughs) Oh, God. 
Um, never mind. I was going to say. What were you going to say? I, I, I was going to bring it down a little bit, but it's not fair for me to do that. Bring right. it down. By, by reminding everybody that Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. Oh, I apologize. I apologize for that. Maybe we could get it on Saturday and they could keep it warm for us. We'll see everybody next week. Kill Joy. Can I give you some uh, late-breaking news right now? Yes, you can. Fresh off my tablet. Please. I'm almost caught up on Daredevil. What? The the Netflix show or the... No, no, no. Wade Run. The Wade Run. Oh, Swash I don't think run. you... After the stick episode, you pretty much threw your Netflix account in the garbage, right? I canceled. I called them up and I told them to cancel my Netflix. It actually, Slim drove down to my house... Walked in my living room, saw my Barker lounger, flipped it over, got back into his car and drove home. He was so upset by that episode. It's not true. Everyone knows. So that. I I stopped at the uh, him driving on the bridge. I think driving on the bridge with the dare with the fake daredevil. Fake the, the, not the not the superhero daredevil, but like evil Knievel stunt man. Oh, okay, stunt uh, the stuntster or whatever that guy's yeah. name was. Stuntster, stuntmanster. Right. <laughs> It definitely was Stuntmaster. There you go. Stuntster. So it gets it gets real. Jones, you caught up? You read today's issue? I didn't read today's. Uh, I have not. I got the uh, alert saying my subscription was filled, but I have not uh, read yet. It's getting it's getting real. Secret War is probably going to do everything, or maybe not. I don't know, but what? it's all coming to a head. More more issue, right? Familiar character coming back. Mark Way getting his cake and eating it too. That's Big time cake. Wade cake. Wait, uh, I was just about to say GD Wade cake. Mm, friends. Hashtag Wade cake. <laughs> God, I, I'm totally okay with ending it there, but we'll just see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> We're already at like an hour and thirty minutes, right? You want to oh, kill God. it? There? Yeah, you got you got to get up in three hours too. I think. Yeah, you know, lay it on, lay it on thick. Lay it on thick, Slimothy. If I if I may, uh, to try to drum up some interest for our dear friend, we were privy to an advanced copy of I Hate Fairyland mm-hmm. by super friend of the show, Scotty Young. And uh, I personally, I've read it today, personally think you guys are going to love it. And I'm sure you guys Can't were going to buy it anyway because it's a friend of the show. Gotta but support him, babe. There are some genuine laugh out loud moments in that thing. The art, gorgeous. The sense of humor, the dialogue, everything. I'm not going to spoil it. What's, you know. what's your What's your pitch for those that haven't haven't been on the up and up for I Hate Fairyland? I Hate Fairyland is a uh, Gert Gertrude is a little girl who dreams of going to a fairyland, but when it really happens, she immediately regrets it. Ages forty years. While stuck in fairyland trying to get out and become so cynical of the place, she has zero tolerance for the cuteness and becomes like a menace to fairyland because she just wants out of that piece. And the dialogue is so... F- yeah, it's it's cause, because her sense of humor, her cynical sense of humor, she's just fed up and she's done and she's shows no like mercy the on the beautiful little stars in the sky or the uh you know the cute little mushroom soldiers who uphold the law in fairyland it's really really amazing the just the dialogue choices had me cracking up it's really great and uh you know reserve your copy at your lcs or you know subscribe to that sucker in comiXology whatever you need to do make it happen great issue he's our friend he's our good friend and uh, we, we're going to support him. Scott A. Too hot A. <laughs> Scotty too hotty.
one of the best uh, WWE wrestlers ever was. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that uh, book he's only going to do for me, which is the Legend of the Spider Clan Bruce Lee style comic. There's a lot of people that are just going to make you comic books for free from the sound and of it. And, you know, in perpetuity for the rest of my life, <laughs> I'm going to get a monthly issue. Bruce Lee comics. Do you know he did that? Do you know he did a spider clan? Yeah, that's why I'm saying it. Okay, you just want I a continuation actually reviewed of it. it on the show. Dale, if you remember your Where's the, where's the secret? I actually remember more than you. Oh, <laughs> you know research. what, guys? I'm do leaving, not. guys. I'm just getting so out of not. here. Okay, you can pretend like, <laughs> you know, that's the topic of the show, but. <laughs> Stop it. You know I love you. Dad's going to wild weekend. Might as well, we might as well just end everything. Yeah. You know, there's no coming back. You know, end the show. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Uh, we neglected to mention uh, that Amanda at Aminity will be hosting next episode for her favorite Ooh. Swamp Thing volume. Ooh. She'll be coming back to the hosting chair. The original three back together, you guys. Thank God, yeah. It's no, been it's far true. too long. We need to we need to stop that running joke because people are now going to start <laughs> thinking that Amanda was an original host. It's not true. Mark was an original host, and he's dead now. It's just us three. <laughs> yes. yeah. So let's stop the rumors. Yeah, stop the filth. The fake live rumors. God rest his soul. His birthday would have been last week, I think, if he was still yeah. among the living. He would have probably been tubing on his birthday. He would have went tubing. Probably. I know. He'd Shame. love tubing. He'd probably update his Facebook fam, you know, get 60 <laughs> likes on some kind of Facebook post about... Who knows what he tweeted about falling asleep do, while know. conducting a job interview. Yeah. While conducting, there's nothing, the job nothing interview. more safe than being uh, in HR and facebooking about someone's bad HR interview. <laughs> I think that's number one. That's what you should do if you're in HR. You should socialize it, and you should you, know, ta- maybe... you should Facebook tag your company into <laughs> your post. <laughs> Tag it. Tag uh, it. One tag day, it. one day he'll learn, and that you know, some bad will happen. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. That's how you change. That's how you live. Should end it right there. <laughs>